Welcome to season one of Deconstructing the Raise, a show powered by VentureJuice, a European fundraising and investment platform built for SaaS founders and funders. VentureJuice helps early stage companies increase their exposure to the right funding and helps connect them with their best fit investor. If you're looking to raise your first or your next round, you can create a founder profile in less than five minutes at VentureJuice.com forward slash founders. In this season, Alex Steumer, the CEO of Sastock, talks with eight founders to identify exactly what it takes to successfully raise seed and Series A rounds. Okay, everybody, welcome to uh, Deconstructing the Raise. Uh, good to be back. Uh, we've had a couple of weeks uh, off uh, as we had the, the Sastock remote uh, conference. Um, just so, as a reminder, I'm uh, Alex Suma, CEO of SaaS.com, which is an events and media company that helps SaaS companies gain traction, grow, and scale. Um, and Deconstructing the Raise is a weekly show, uh, even though we've had a couple of weeks hiatus, where we debunk the early stage fundraising to help those raising seed or Series A uh, get more success. Each week, I will be joined by SaaS founders that have raised a seed or Series A round, and I hit them with the questions to break down their success to help you, the listener, get an advantage as you go through the process. Today's guest is Ciudad Magos. Hopefully, I pronounced that correctly. Uh, CEO and co-founder of MetaView, uh, a UK-based SaaS company that's raised uh, a seed round. Uh, welcome, uh, Ciudad. Hey Alex, how you doing? Uh, and yeah, you did not pronounce that name right at all. It's, oh. uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's Kyle. So it's a strange jumble of letters, uh, but it's it's pronounced like Kyle but with an S. So Kyle, uh, okay. Uh, it's like a, so silent D. And yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I should have checked that uh, uh, before, but um, but yeah, maybe a, a, a B plus or not even a B plus for. No. They're definitely not a B plus. You've been super generous there. <laughs> All right, okay, good, good stuff. Well, we're off to a good start, and um, uh, but obviously, well, welcome you to the show. And um, starting from the top, can you tell us how much you raised, uh, when, from whom, uh, and what stage funding round it was? Sure. So um, we raised a uh, a pre seed round um, at the start of 2019. So closed in January 2019. Uh, started the process obviously in, in late 2018. Uh, we raised 1.2 million pounds um, uh, from led by Fly Ventures, uh, based here in Europe, um, with funding also from Seed Camp, uh, Village Global, and a small angel fund uh, called Garuda Ventures. Uh, Village Global, Global, and Garuda both uh, based in the Bay Area. Awesome. And you said uh, Fly Ventures was the was the lead. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why? Why did you choose them, or uh, you know, uh, as 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 the lead? Um, main thing, I think, with everything, and it's sort of almost part of a thesis of our company, frankly, as well, is we really like the team. So um, we're working with uh, primarily our, our lead investor there is Gabriel. Um, really, really uh, vibe with him really well during the conversations. A lot of our uh, conversations, as we sort of got into the the later stages of you know chats about the company. Well, almost almost jam sessions about where to where to take the the product or, or the business. Um, so their thesis, I don't know how much uh, how much you you listen to know about them. Their thesis like strongly overlaps with ours. Um, I would sort of paraphrase their thesis as essentially being about uh, how AI and enterprise is going to uh, create new winners. 
Um, we believe that too. Uh, in our sense, it's more about how we can use AI to augment and give people superpowers that work within uh, organizations. And it's sort of like there's a there's a very natural overlap with what what they care about there. So yeah, definitely a thesis overlap. Um, but mainly, it's, it was it was the people that we uh, we could see ourselves. Uh, almost getting married to, we were sort of chocked yeah. full of advice around, you know, be careful who you choose uh, to, to invest in your company and who's on your board because it lasts longer than the average marriage. So, um, yeah. Um, where, uh, very true. Um, and where did you meet, uh, I, I guess, was it Gabriel first or, or, or Fly Ventures? Um, we met uh, virtually. So we met over Zoom. So uh, I got introduced to them um, uh, yeah, by a by a friend or, or almost a mentor of mine who also um, was a small angel investor in the company. Um, so the the founder of Drover, um, Felix Lauschner, was a uh, um, was looking to invest as well, and he was uh, sort of helping us uh, get putting us in touch with a few uh, investors, and that was one of the folks that he he introduced us to. Um, and uh, from meeting them on Zoom, I mean, I guess this it was 2019 actually, so this was pre-COVID, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well pre-COVID, yeah. Yeah, um, and and then I guess meeting them on Zoom, you you then uh, I guess met at, uh, in person at some point, and you know had these dates before the marriage. Yeah, yeah, we did. So we had uh, yeah initial meeting, um, which was sort of a, a quick thing, uh, you know, just to mutually get to know each other. Really, we were, obviously I'm a first time founder, as is my co-founder Sharia. So uh, definitely been observing um, startups for a long time, but first time actually doing it. I've I've operated in startups before, but first time you know leading those conversations. So really a bit of a get to know you. Then we had a sort of I guess the more formal first pitch meeting. Uh, they were pretty excited in game. Um, so um, uh, they flew over for a meeting and we sort of rented out a meeting room. We didn't have an office at this point or anything. Uh, so we rented out a meeting room and had, I, I can't remember exactly how long it was, but it was a good like uh, three to four hour session where we went through um, a bit more about the business that they've requested. Um, and also, as I mentioned, like these sort of more mutual collaboration sessions. And yeah, after that meeting, it was super quick. Um, pretty much agreed verbally on the on the spot after that meeting that. Uh, uh, this is going to happen, um, and uh, and yeah, we'll be from there. Uh, but by that point, we had um, sort of we had already discussed to an extent, sort of terms, and they knew about other interests that we had. So it it was clearly at the at the point in the relationship where um, uh, you know we were going to close soon. So it was sort of clear that that's what that meeting was about. It wasn't just like a um, almost a. <laughs> a surprise at the end of the meeting that they'd like to invest. We sort of knew we were getting there by that point. How long did the overall process take? Overall process took about three months, um, which was longer than I had foreseen. Uh, again, being at that time a relative noob. Um, so yeah, three months. We, we started in September, uh, closed in uh, late December slash early Jan, depending on in different um, uh, different uh, investments hit the bank account. Um, Part part of that, which maybe we'll talk about as well, was to do with the actual like the, ter the terms, and I don't mean the I don't mean the high level terms. High level terms is always really clear, but just the actual some of the specifics of um of of how it how it unfolded. But yeah, three months in total to get money in the bank. We we did actually have um I don't know if I've lost you there, uh, Sile. Can you can you hear me? 
and pitch we had with them um uh so that they could be part of the round so we, we were we had a bit of money in the bank by that point enough to sort of you know tied us over but uh still took longer than we expected okay yeah and i'm um, similarly uh, for, um i mean just on my side like sas stock back in 2016 2017 we um we raised uh, a small kind of you know angel round hmm. and i think like after i opened it within an hour i had that first like 50k commit and I was like, "Wow, this is you know, we're going to get to the uh, you, you know the the, um, the 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 raise uh, or complete it very quickly." But then it took three months, and it and it was yeah, yeah. Like protracted, and I was I was getting frustrated uh, very much towards the end. It was quite I found it quite stressful uh, in the end um, yeah, yeah. after that initial like, "Hey, it's going to be done like super quick," but uh, it, it didn't. And I guess they, yeah, you were kind of the, being naive and you know first time founders. Um, going through that, uh, uh, those experiences. Um, yeah, and I, I wonder actually. Um, I want you obviously see like a, a proliferation more and more of these people who do these companies who do raise like relatively meaty seed raises mm. based purely on angels. And obviously, the, an angel's ability to move quick is, is different, right? Because it's it's, it's yeah. uh, uh, they don't have LPs basically. Um, yeah. So I wonder whether that's part. Of, that's one of the attractions of that. But obviously, once you move on to uh, these larger funds, it's not quite the same. Did you? I mean, did you like? We see a bit, quite a trend, uh, as, you, as you mentioned. We, well, we both just spoken about angels, but um, companies going in uh, or um, and looking to raise their kind of first round pre-seed or something with like super angels, you know, and getting these kind of you know big names in and doing mm -hmm. that initial round was that was that something that that, that you guys kind of like considered or uh, you know uh, maybe had some super angels involved in that uh initial kind of uh, pre-seed round not, not really actually uh i mean we, we did have uh uh i would i would say what one angel and then the small angel fund involved um, mm -hmm. but they, they make up like a very small amount in total of uh what we raised and as you can imagine they of course, the, the angel fund was was a lead in the sort of, I guess, the truest sense of the word, in that they moved first, but they yeah. weren't. Of course, they did not set the terms, um, and and our angel um, obviously was was more sort of uh, conditional on us closing the round. They would like to be involved, I think. Um, so we we didn't pursue that strategy. I think a lot has changed since then, but our thinking at the time was uh, let's try and avoid a messy cap table. Um, mm -hmm. We were being pretty, uh, I, I hope, <laughs> pretty thoughtful about um, who would help us most. And so Village Global and Seedcamp made a lot, loads of sense for us because we felt they could really fast forward our network. You know, we, we, we're, we're, we're building a product that we're selling to, um, you know, the, the talent function in tech companies. Um, we want to essentially have a bit of a rolodex of access to as many of the the people who are leading talent functions in tech companies as possible and those two funds were really helpful for that among other things too but they're really helpful for that um and so that that, that just made a lot of sense whereas um if you're going to really choose you know 20 angels and sort of weigh up how does each of them help me you know it's, it just becomes a bit of a it, it, it's a lot of it felt like a lot of work at the time and, and felt like it could get messy no, no, makes make, makes sense. And how many how many investors did you meet sort of in in total? Um, you know, before you decided on 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 fly and, and go through that round. And, and how many no's uh, did you get to get to the, the one yes? Yeah, um, I think it, some of the conversations were more. Uh, you know, were helping us find our feet almost with with what we were looking for in investing to like you know very like truly friendly introductions from people who also happened to invest and that was actually how Garuda first invested as well. They were it was an introduction from a 
a friend that I used to work with at Uber who used to go to school with one of the one of the guys who runs the fund and he was just you know giving advice and then he wanted to invest so in total when you take all these sort of uh conversations account yeah it must have been certainly 30 plus maybe maybe 40 investors i think i can count the as is the sort of uh you know whether this is a really positive thing about metaview which is you know i, I hope it is or um whether it's just the reality of how vcs work i can count the hard nose on like i think a couple of fingers like it was it was very rare to get a hard no um it's just that some firms moved faster than others towards that hard yes um, so didn't get loads of no's, did speak to, did spend a lot of time, you know, doing the same pitch over and over again, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. um, and spoke to a lot of firms. Um, but yeah, I think, th- yeah, probably can count maybe four to five uh, no's, something like this. Um, and then once we started to get uh, like a handful of hard yeses from folks that wanted to lead, then everything really accelerated. And what what was it? Uh, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> I'm sure they, they've told you the, the reason why they chose to invest uh, in MetaView, often at, I guess, kind of the pre-seed stage, um, you know, uh, companies are, are pre-revenue, you know, we're looking at, you know, uh, things like the team, um, yeah. other things like, you know, particular lead investors being interested and, you know, that others follow. But, um, yeah, what was, what was the reasons that they, they, they kind of uh, uh, divulged as to why they invested? Yeah, the the two biggest things, and this is not, this is true, I, I, I believe a fly, of course, um, uh, uh, but, but also of others that were we we sort of developed a relationship or in either invested or we're still friendly with um, is uh, it sounds like super <laughs> super blow my trouble to say but team is a really big thing um, yep. so we were uh, obviously a technical founding team uh, I was uh, I led a product team at Uber before starting the company really saw this problem space almost had like a, a not a unique view of this problem which is companies that are growing like crazy are actually a lot of their operators are interviewing like crazy like it's it's obvious when you say it out loud but it's not a it's not a problem like everyone has really felt so we uh, and my co-founder was uh lead engineer at palantir and same thing where they were growing like crazy so we just had this um unique relatively unique viewpoint on this problem that we were also passionate about which most people aren't frankly passionate about um so I think it was team combined with actually um, feeling like we were the right people to solve specifically this problem. And then the other thing was was progress. I think we did uh, we did a we did actually give ourselves a um, a chunk of time, like s- about six months, where Sherry and my co-founder and I were heads down talking to you know dozens and dozens and dozens of prospects, potential customers, hiring managers, interviewers, talent leaders, and um, building prototypes, building slide decks, seeing what they said. So we had. Um, that was really good for a couple of reasons. One, because for, for that stage of company, our pipeline you know, actually looked quite good, was, was pretty good, because we were you know, in flight conversations with lots and lots of, um, lots and lots of like, pretty legit companies. Um, and you know, we had a real working product that some companies were using in the wild, and we'd proven that it wasn't that crazy to record conversations, which is one of the things our product does. Um, and it wasn't, uh, you know, we could indeed get talent leaders around the table to say they want to buy. So there were, there were a few like core assumptions, which have been fairly um, focused on on proving out that I think helped a lot. And, and I'm guessing maybe at that stage, there wasn't any real specific or metrics that really going to help sort of pinch the deal. It's more the other things that we've sort of just discussed. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think obviously you can look at pipeline as a metric. There was a, yeah, yeah we had a number, whatever number, but we, yeah, we didn't actually mention the number. It was just, we looked at it and we said, yeah, this is what our pipeline looks like. So yeah, it wasn't metrics. It was much more anecdotal than that. 
Um, and yeah, I, I frankly, any 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 investor who would have invested on, on, in us at that point based on metrics would have been uh, would not have been smart because that was not yeah. the most that was not the most revealing thing about that company at that time about our company at that time. Makes sense. What about? Well, I mean, you know, any unforeseen hurdles that you had to overcome? Uh, yeah, yeah, and not in the. Um, I, I think there was some some. Um, obviously, one advantage uh, that, um, or one like great thing about being an investor, and which therefore confers on them an advantage in, in these sort of conversations, is they obviously have like a. Um, they see a broad cross section of, of of SaaS and software, and and so there were some questions that we faced around almost the viability of interview intelligence, which is what we do, um, and the sort of um, concerns around where the power rushes to in in the hiring tech stack, which now we're super prepared for, and we su we're super convinced about what the right answer to that is. But it's almost like questions we weren't fully prepared for at the time, um, and so that that was sort of interesting and just uh, like forced us to really think through the. Um, the routes to becoming huge as a business, um, which, you know, when you're at super early stage, yes, you know, you need to paint this big vision, which I felt that we were doing, but actually that there was some interest in the actual tactics and the potential roadblocks was a surprise. And not every investor did that. So I don't know that that's, those are like smart questions to ask for, by investors, but it was interesting that they did. And then the other thing was um, super tactical. Basically, we were really intent on uh, essentially receiving investment via a safe. Uh, or the equivalent in the in the Europe, which is in our case, a uh, advanced subscription agreement. Um, those weren't the standard terms that the investors we went with uh, used. So you know there was a bit of time spent on racking people's heads around that, and um, you know agreeing, actually drafting, and then agreeing the terms because these these weren't just uh, templates. Essentially, they already had. Um, and then the final thing I should say is the the investment we got from Village Global um, was. They were like a, a late and rapid entrance into the conversation and i sort of alluded to the reasons why we really wanted to to work with them earlier so yeah we really wanted to work with them um so there was a bit of jujitsu in like the final couple of weeks in order to make sure yeah. they got in the round as well which was uh, a bit unforeseen. so yes yeah, like good problems to have almost but uh, definitely a real headache at the time so so you, you mentioned about wanting to do the investment um via a uh, safe well, from the legal side what sort of support did you get? Did the investors recommend, you know, a specific law firm? Did you have to, you know, source this yourselves? Um, um, how did how did that sort of work? Yeah, um, we uh, um, yeah we had a, a recommendation. Um, I'm trying to think who made the recommendation now. Um, uh, I, I think I think it was. Seedcamp that sort of pre their investment. Obviously, they do like you know so many investments, such a big portfolio. So they had some content they shared with prospective founders, as it were, or prospective investments they were making around who to potentially speak to. So I think we just literally picked a firm from that list. And yeah, it it, uh, it was a uh, because we had this uh, again not unique but slightly odd requirements around how we wanted the investment. Uh, it, 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 it it we definitely needed that legal help. Put it that way. And in, in terms of the, the, the fundraise itself, was there anybody else from your team that was kind of involved? Um, I guess like yourself, you were meeting with the VCs, the CEO, normally it's mm. quite, quite typical, um, but yeah, was your co-founder coming in on the, uh, uh, on the investor meetings um, or was he sitting back? Um, 
yeah, who, who else from the team kind of you know was part of that that story of you know the, the, the fundraise? Yeah, we completely completely double teamed it. It was um, uh, yeah, obviously I, I sort of led on literally the communication, the identification of uh, of investors, the creation of the you know I led the pitch, for example. Um, but yeah, we did every meeting together. Um, it, it, I, I, we, we did. Have, I think we did have the CEO and, and CTO titles at that point, but it was it, it, it was and still is a complete fifty-fifty uh, thing. Um, so yeah, we did it together. And I think there's a lot of also, you know, uh, as as a piece of advice to to, to listen. To, obviously, it depends on the on the people involved, but especially at that stage where they are investing in team, uh, it made complete sense to 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 turn up as a as a founding team because uh, you know, yeah. frankly speaking. Sharia is one of the uh, probably more than fifty percent of of what makes made MetaView really investable at the time. Um, so it just made complete sense. Um, I think also, sadly, people sometimes have uh, assumptions about um, uh, the qualities, but also the limits of like a deeply technical founder, which is what Sharia is. Um, and Sharia does have those qualities, but he also doesn't have those limits. So it's actually. You know, it was one of the most. Again, I can't stress it. It was one of the most impressive things about um, the team was that our technical co-founder was not only top draw from a technical and from an engineering perspective, but frankly, an all-round, um, uh, all-round good businessman. How how much time did you spend creating the pitch deck? Um, yeah, I guess that standard thing is it's, it's super iterative. I, I imagine it, you know, it really did change after every meeting. At least, you know, the, the nuance of it changed. Um, uh, I, I think before we went into our first uh, proper pitch, um, we'd spent a good couple of weeks iterating on it and repeatedly sort of, you know, I would pitch to essentially to Sharia and to whoever else would listen. Um, and then suddenly some of those conversations become with friend, you know, friendlies who also happen to invest on the side. And then, you know, suddenly you blurred in and you're doing full on pitches with this with this deck. Um, uh, I, I should also say a big part of the demo was a was a um, was a prototype. Part of the prototype was uh, like real and live. And part of the prototype was uh, essentially vaporware. Um, so building that took longer than that because we were also using that as part of our um, when we were uh, eliciting customer feedback so uh, it sort of depends where you draw the lines but actually truly focused on now we're doing activities that are purely focused on making sure that uh, the best people possible want to invest in us we spent a good couple of weeks before we even even started to reach out to people speaking of reach out like how did you go about planning uh, the reach out uh, of uh, who you wanted to meet uh, and, and so on what was the what was the planning process like yeah, the, the, this sort of like almost uh, predicts what was the, you know, what would we do differently? The, the planning process wasn't, wasn't good enough, I would say. Mm. Um, we, uh, I think because of this like natural graduation we had where we were sort of talking to friends and because we worked in the industry, we worked in tech for a while, you know, everyone, you know, we're lucky enough to have a few friends who also invest. So again, we had this really blurred, um, blurred path. Which meant we we were talking to, you know, some firms. We had our first meeting with them weeks before first meeting with another fund. They were also very interested in. Um, so the the planning wasn't great, um, and that was uh, definitely the, the 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 probably the biggest mistake we made during the race. I think all, all's well that ends well, and we, we got where we wanted to in the end. But it's 
some unnecessary delay and some you know unnecessarily awkward conversations along the way when you don't um, actually plan and you know make sure you're having similar meetings at similar times with, with the different firms yeah yeah um and, and then once you had completed the raise um the the money was in the bank um how did you celebrate <laughs> Um, so this was this was uh, right around where it was like clear this was happening, uh, and I think we'd received a couple of tranches. Was right around Christmas, so we we had our inaugural uh, Christmas party with uh, my partner at the time, now wife, and Sharia and his um, partner, um, and yeah, we went out for 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 dinner and drinks. When that was when you could still actually go to a restaurant and sit inside and have drinks yeah. at a bar. It was a crazy heady times. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> I remember. Um, those. It's, it's quite funny though, because yeah, it's a good question because you sort of think there should have been some sort of like blowout, but I think uh, the idea of going from uh, a startup that obviously had no money and we'd we'd worked, you know, on the on the product on MetaView as a company with no salary for, in my case, nine months, in in Sherry's case, six months, you know, because we thought it was it was the right thing to do for ensuring our valuation and the raise we made was was as, as meaty as possible was to get as far as possible before we needed the investment mm-hmm. um it's not like when you get hit that money hits the bank you think like i still think you're i still felt pretty stingy about it basically it didn't didn't feel like the right time to um you know you know do it, throw, throw some big party even if it was for only for a handful of us we were still uh, in the very much in the scrappy mode no, no, fair, fair, fair enough and, and then since then um how have you been spending the money on, on growing the business? Um, predominantly uh, team, um, so still a lean team. We um, uh, taking the approach of um, hiring few people that are uh, exceptionally high quality. So um, basically both Sharon and I have, have taken an engineer with us from our previous workplaces. So. Um, Elliot joined us from Palantir. He was also an engineer there. Um, and Lubo joined us. I used to work with him. He was an engineer at Uber. Also been at Docker and GitLab. Um, so that's been a that's been a, obviously a chunk. Um, we've uh, a couple of the experiments we've run um, in order to sort of a, a lot of the uh, after initially raising, we spent a, ch- a chunk of time still. We were still really in discovery mode, like really finding the perfect solution to uh, our customer problem. And some of the experiments we ran, um, you know, obviously we put dollars behind uh, either in terms of um getting outside help on uh you know speeding up our velocity on, on building products or uh, other things as well um so yeah really really been everything focused around products uh that's and that should be the case i think for the next uh next year or so although we're starting to uh, push down the, or open the lid a little bit for for other sales and marketing spends as well and are you already in the planning um, for the next uh, funding round? Um, always had an eye on it, um, and yeah, we, we're we're. Um, I think I think actually, uh, it, it's what is going to make sense for investors is like a, a bad sounds like a bad phrase, but actually, when you unpick it, it's it's a it's a good way to think about your business for as long as you're going to be you're expecting to be um, venture backed, of course, which we we do expect to be for um you know the next few years um you know because it really keeps you keeps you honest about what are the thing what are actually the key assumptions if i'm going to speak to a super smart person who knows nothing about all of this really hard work we've been doing and you know wasn't there for that conversation with that customer what were the key assumptions they would have about your business and are you are you helping to de-risk that thing um 
we try and keep that in front of mind at all, all points. And what we want to do is make it so that when we raise, it's uh, based on achieving some really impressive milestones. So um, that we can then talk about sort of really, really happy with, the, with those folks. So uh, yeah, we, we have a couple of milestones in mind at the moment. Um, and uh, those are sort of like quite tightly bound to uh, us raising or at least starting the fundraising process. And yeah, I'd assume it would, uh, um, it would go from there. Makes sense. And um, I guess the last quick, where, where can people find out more uh, uh, about you and, uh, and MetaView? Yeah, sure. So me, uh, I don't tweet much, but uh, I'd love to get more followers. So you can you can follow me on Twitter um, at smagos, S-M-A-G-O-S. Um, and MetaView is uh, metaview.ai. On, uh, so yeah, check us out there. Um, yeah, uh, also LinkedIn as well. Uh, again, you, as you mentioned, as you as you sort of stumbled upon Alex, I have a very unique name. So yeah. if you can see my name right now somewhere on your screen, you will not you will not struggle to find me on whatever social network or, or whatever you, you you like. And I I started with a, well over generous B plus. It was probably <laughs> a minus. I'm going to end with an A plus. Simon Magos, uh, co-founder and CEO of you. Um, thank you so much for, for being a guest uh, today on Deconstructing the Roads. Awesome. Thanks so much, Alex. Appreciate it. Thanks very much.